Hi, this is Michael Curtis, and you are listening to Save for Half, so roll them if you got them. Dive podcast. Save for half, where we'll talk about what's going on in the OSR. What the heck is this? I know that's what all you guys are, are, are thinking when you've downloaded it. This is Save for Half, and with you. The guy you just can't get away from, DM Mike. And I am joined by DM Liz. Hello. And DM Jim. Save for Half is just like Save or Die, except tastes great, less filling. Which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Pentax. <laughs> so what exactly is Save for Half? Well, first thing, I'll tell you what it is not. It is not a regular series. This is going to be a show that we do whenever the mood strikes us. I'm kind of thinking every month or two, but who knows? <laughs> whenever Mike doesn't want to write show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Or whenever Liz doesn't want to read something. <laughs> and, well, what makes that different from regular uh, Save or Die? Well, we're going to talk about games other than classic D&D in Save for Half. It's going to be fairly laid back and... As the name kind of implies, we're going to aim for about half the length of your average Save or Die episode. So, since that tends to be an hour and a half or so, we're going to try for 45 minutes to an hour. So, enough just to mow the lawn, not the lawn and the laundry. Or edging, or trimming, or throwing kids off a said lawn. Just the lawn itself. Well, Mike, this is your brilliant idea. What kind of games are we going to talk about on Save for Half? Well... I'm kind of thinking that we lean toward OSR-type games, but I don't want to say we'll never cover a new game ever, because something might come out that we just really find fan- you know, fascinating. And I want to... Victorious. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You'd crawl classics. <clears throat> hey. <laughs> but, but, oh. Oh, not a game published absolutely in the 70s or 80s, but also OSR old-school-flavored games. Right. That's, that's really where we want to keep our interest in. And lest all of you think that we're just using this to shill our own games, that is not the plan. Or not just the plan, because Liz is going to make me talk about Victorious one of these days, regardless of what I have to say about it. Yes. See? Yes, I am. I told you. But anyway, in talking to this show about this show, that since, even though we've got it on the Save or Die feed, we wanted to give it another name so that people looking at their feed will immediately know, okay, this isn't a Save or Die episode. This is a Save for Half episode. So they don't download it expecting to hear something pithy about classic D&D and get annoyed when they listen all the way through and there's nothing. So 
If you're not interested in other games, don't download the Save for Haps. No, 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 no. Download all the podcasts all the time. Who taught you marketing? We love you, Vince. (laughs) Seriously. Or something. Something. Anyway. So. You kind of suck up to the producer every once in a while. Oh, we do? Okay. I I thought so. (laughs) Am I I doing it wrong? (laughs) No, you're still here, so I guess you're. you're I haven't been fired yet. (laughs) That's why we get paid the big bucks. Or something, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So, what games are we thinking about covering in the future? Now, let me say that we don't have an organized schedule yet, but I asked the other two hosts to come up with about five games that they'd like to see us cover one of these days in the future. So, you're still going to kind of get a top five here, and we're going to start with Jim. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, I'm made my little uh, list of five games I'd like to see us covered in this segment. Um, And they go in ranking order from the very extremely predictable, if you know me, to the arcane and obscure. So I'll start with uh, first edition Gamma World. I mean, there's nothing more old school than that. Uh, I am one of those lunatics that thinks it's probably the second best uh, RPG ever uh, invented or written. And uh, it's obviously smack in the middle of my personal wheelhouse. It's okay. It's it's a little too hard science for me, but <laughs> I just I, I I adore the combination of, of of bizarre super science and earnest deadly danger. It's really funky. It's got a funk to it. And humanoid rabbits that touch things and turn it into rubber. Yeah, you're not going to like. You can't get that in Traveler. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, do we want to re- go around like a regular top se- top 5 or do you want to just go down your your bucket list? Oh, oh, let's go around. Okay, Liz. <laughs> I know. We'll do it as a round. <laughs> Thanks, Penny. You're welcome. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that I would like to eventually cover at some point is the Doctor Who role-playing game. Ooh. And, and I am equally, I'm, well, I'm equally good with either the original, you know, FASA version or the later Cubicle 7 version. Um, Both in the same episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, James Carpio was kind enough to send us the Cubicle 7 version of the game several months ago, and I have yet to do more than just barely crack open the books. So if we actually did an episode over it, it would be a good excuse for me to sit down and really read through the Cubicle 7 version. Well, let me crack that book open for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And we can call it the 14 Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to us maybe talking about Doctor Who. Okay. Because we never talk about Doctor Who on the show. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't even think of that, Liz. That's brilliant. Mine will be classic Little Black Book Traveler. I, I love – that was my first science fiction game. It was even before Gamma World. And – I just loved it, loved it, loved it. Man, we I didn't even still make it. like it. We didn't even make it through the first round before you stole one of mine. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> ah, well. It's good stuff. Um, not to bash on Mega Traveler or anything afterward, but quite frankly, I've never played them. So I can't say anything about them one way or the other. But I played Black Book Traveler to death. So that's mine. Jim? God, God these are awesome picks so far. 
Well, so our first three picks were all science fiction RPGs, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I think I guess so. And so <laughs> yeah, we planned that. So yeah. I'm going to segue nicely back to medieval fantasy with another very obvious choice for me personally, Dungeon Crawl Classics RPG. I uh-huh. would obviously, as a D- DCC evangelist and a writer for Goodman, I would love to talk about the old school goodness that's in that game. And jo- and Joe Goodman's behind you with a whip, so. <laughs> the, the dark master, you know, will have his due. <laughs> yeah, well, the dark side has cookies, remember, so it's all right. Liz? Okay, well, in an attempt to make it look like that we've all planned this, I'll go with a fantasy-type game myself and talk about Castles and Crusades. Because we always talk about on the regular show about, yeah, the Castles and Crusades, but it's not really a retro clone, so we can't talk about it on Save or Die. But here, we could actually talk about it, and I would like to do that. Okay. Well, you youngins with your new fangled fantasies, I'm going to talk about the fantasy trip from Metagaming Concepts. (laughs) Oh, now now we're going arcane. (laughs) Yeah, the old melee wizard micro games that they later put into sort of a sort of a fantasy RPG that was the you might consider it a proto GURPS, but it was just essentially fantasy at the time. They didn't try to go into different um, uh, genres yet. Well, not much. There were some of the solo adventures that were like Security Station, which was very obviously you're not going in a dungeon, you're going into a modern nuclear bunker that's been abandoned for thousands of years so but there are still cokes in the vending machines so you know that's awesome wait what (laughs) (laughs) exactly that that, that would be great because uh at the risk of damaging my old school cred when those came in little baggies i bought every one of them and then never played it I, i know what you mean i got several of the micro games and i only played half of them um there were some of them like warp war i never played but I played Melee, Wizard, um, Invasion of the Air Eaters, um, a lot of the sci-fi ones. And that's then, of course, there's Ogre, GEV, but that's Steve Jackson games and another system. So, over to you, Jim. What's our next genre? Oh, you just – I'm going to go back to science fiction, but you just inspired my next choice. This wasn't on my list, but I'm going to stick it in now since we're talking about that – the late 70s, early 80s, when role-playing games, miniature games, and mini-games all were experimental and got mixed up, uh, I would like to nominate a Heritage USA paint-and-play set that actually did come uh-huh. with its own miniature rules. Which one? Galacta. Ah, I mean, we could, we we could never do had that. Crypt of the... Uh, what were the other two? Crypt of the Sorcerer, which I used to have. I've only got like two figures left. I've lost everything else. Or Liz has Caverns of Doom, and she's got the whole thing still. <laughs> I still have the little paint bottles. <laughs> <laughs> and the world's worst paintbrush, right? Pretty much. And but there were great I, little mini rules in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was a cool little set. And, you know, I painted some of the minis, you know, but I got the thing when I was like, you know, 11 or 12 years old. So the paint job is dreadful because I did it with that awful little brush. So... I don't show anyone those painted minis of mine because they look really bad. <laughs> For first use, I used magic markers. <laughs> oh, yeah, we all did the dumb thing. Where, I'll use this tester's model paint on the lead mini. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> but uh, you know how in uh, Knights of Dinner Table, B.A. has got his one published game, Dog, the role-playing game? 
Uh-huh. Uh, Galacta is mine because uh, we played when we were playing that game in like '81 or '82. Uh, a guy in our group corresponded with Dave Helber, uh, who wrote the rules and sculpted about half the minis along with Max Carr. And uh, I kept up that correspondence through the decades, and about ten years ago, published a revised set of the rules called Galacta Three. Awesome. Yeah, I never got into the Heritage um, mini paint and play set. The closest I got was the Ral Partha Galactic Grenadiers. That was a nice uh, set too. It was pretty good. Um, unfortunately, they were fifteen mil. But on the other hand, at that time, everything Traveler was fifteen mil. <sighs> Martian so, metals, dude. Mm-hmm. Martian metals. So, I still got one of my Martian Metals uh, figures for Traveler. It's this guy holding a pistol that I swear to God is a hairdryer. <laughs> it's got the round back and the snout forward with a little twirl on it. It's like, it's a, it's a hairdryer. But anyway. Everybody who listens to this who was born in the 80s, we just lost them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll, maybe they'll hold in for another new game or something. But anyway, Liz? Well, um... This is a this is another newish game, um, so I'm not sure if it really fits the old school, even the paradigm, because I haven't looked through it enough to be able to say yet. But um, Mike got me the Dresden Files role playing game as a Christmas gift. I love the books. I forced him to love the books too. She did, and <laughs> and then he tried to force me, and it didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the rule book looks really, really cool, and one of the things that I do like about it, just flipping through, is there are apparently written-in notes in the margins from Harry Dresden himself remarking about various bits of the rules. Um, and if, Commentaries. Yes, commentaries. And, and if you're familiar with Harry Dresden at all, most of those commentaries are pretty snarky. So, <laughs> so that in itself is, you know, an amusing read without even touching on the rule set. But I, I'd like to get into the Dresden files at some point. Well, help me out because I only have the first 60 pages of book one to go on. Uh, that would be like modern setting with sorcerers and werewolves and vampires running around, right? Yes. That would be an awesome RPG. And everything's at least nominally under the human's radar. Okay, well, my turn. Time Ship by Yakinto. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. I love Misery Loves Company. I'm going to get you guys to read it too, and we're going to talk about it. I hate you with a passion <laughs> you can only dream of. Oh, come on. The, the rule book's only like 48 pages. The pad of character sheets in the game is bigger than the rule book. I remember which is always are, a sign are of you quality. Expected, are you expected to go through that many characters? <laughs> uh, I know we never I did. mean, I'm given to understand you're pretty much supposed to be playing yourself, right? Yeah, that was one of the more innovative things in that game. You are supposed to make yourself up as your character. And you are traveling through time. Yeah. It was one of the things that originally sold me on it because I thought, that's really different. You don't come across that. How do they do that? What kind of mechanism? Oh, a crappy one. That's how they do it. Okay. So that's mine. Jim? I think you skipped me. Maybe I can't count. Well, no. You did Galacta. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. You did Dresden Files. I did. Okay. So, yeah. So we're on number four. Number four. I'm so confused. Or if we're counting back. Actually, we're starting number three now. No, I just did three. 
because I did Doctor Who, then Castles and Crusades, then Dresden Files. Ah! I lost count. I think Jim's <laughs> only done two. Sorry. I, I cor- okay, I just- G- okay, Jim, you have to do two then. I have, us I have corrupted you with my dyslexia. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to do two. I'm fine. Okay, my number four, uh, since you took Traveler, is, uh, is uh, a game that is both OSR in the sense that it was published in the 70s, but is in print today with new material for it. TNT. That's pretty cool. Oh, good guess. But uh, no? okay, Metamorphosis Alpha first edition, dude. Oh, uh-huh. so Which uh, is the deluxe hardback reprint of the first edition rules is out. The Kickstarter that's going on now includes a stretch goal for just a paperback reprint. Plus, Jim Ward sells reprints of the original paperback. And as opposed to 1976, where TSR just published it, threw it out there, and then went straight to Gamma World so they could get better contracts that weren't as favoring of the authors. <laughs> The opinions expressed on this podcast are mine only. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, today, first edition Metamorphosis Alpha, all of a sudden, there's like, you know, six or seven adventures and all these different rule books that you can just, you know, get online and buy in PDF or if you're lucky and have a store that carries them like I am, go buy them off the shelf. Okay. Plus, I like Jim Ward. Who doesn't like Jim? Yeah. He's awesome. All right, well, since Jim is refusing to catch up with the rest of us, Liz, over to you. Well, well that was my four. What is your four, Liz? Just she already covered her four. No, I covered my three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Stop trying to count, Mike. Lord, 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 Lord. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't have recorded an episode today. <laughs> We're just all over the place. And besides, it's my birthday. <laughs> Aww. She's 28 again. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and then some. That's less exciting when, you're 20, when you've been 28 twice. <laughs> well. I've been 28 so many times now, I've lost count. <laughs> okay, my number four would be... I hate to do two games in a row that have yet to actually be in print yet, but I'm going to do it anyway. And my number four is going to be Mutant Carl Classics. Because it sounds like it's going to be really awesome when it does come out. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you know I suck at this. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I just like the class called Manimal. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Larson is dead. He can't sue me. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, that, that, obviously I have an, uh, a uh, corporate responsibility to promote my own game in Kickstarter when that eventually happens. So thank you. Okay. You're very welcome. Well, since Jim decided not to choose choose it, I'm choosing Tunnels and Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> TNT is awesome! Which just came out with a brand new edition, too. Yep. The big deluxe one, which hopefully we'll have soon. Jim? Wow. So, three times five is 15 for a kind of episode we're only going to do every once in a while. This is like the whole next two years of Safe for Half. That's awesome. Uh, Probably. <laughs> Plus, inevitably, people will write an email request, too. So we will have a cornucopia of options. I'm, I am now diving down into the obscure and arcane. I would love to do a show on Warriors of Mars, the old TSR role-playing game that only existed in one printing that had to immediately be stopped because Edgar Rice Burroughs Incorporated came knocking on TSR's door. 
Um, I happen to own the copy. There are PDF copies out there in the wild. And it's really interesting. It would be a great show to have John Peterson on because it's a really interesting snapshot of what Gary and those guys were doing at the time because it's one of those things that's not really a role-playing game but sort of billed as one. It's mostly miniatures rules, which should be up your alley, Mike. Yeah, I've got a... I've got a scanned copy of it. A friend of mine bought it and let me scan it. So, John Carter Mars, you know, for the win. Yeah. Okay. It includes free booger art. <laughs> well, of course. That that era of TSR, you've got to. Ah, <sighs> well, Burger. and Burger. my... Hmm? Sorry. Wait. Ignore me. <laughs> Sorry, there's always two podcasts going on. The one we're recording and the one that's going on in my own head. Liz. Liz. <laughs> Um, well, my number five is, to no one's surprise, Victorious. Mm. Yay! Because <laughs> even though that game is not out yet, I've been playtesting it for years. And I I would just love to have the opportunity to bore everyone to tears so, talking about it. <laughs> so the playtest had been going on so long, it was back when the OSR was just R. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, since 05, I think. So... It's been a while. Let me tell you about the entire campaign Mike has been running since 2005. And As all everyone, my characters. All my characters. Everyone turns off. The <laughs> oh, oh. No, no, no. That's good. I mean, I, a, whole, a whole segment we can get out of that called, What Did You Do In Gaming Last Decade? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do in gaming this century? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, well, I'm pretty bad at it too, which is why she's another reason she's probably mentioning Victorious. Because, um, well, I know you guys won't mention your games, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I but I can get all the way behind a Victorious episode. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, on the subject of superheroes, mine I like uh, to cover first edition champions. Champions. Yes. You're yes. welcome, Glenn. <laughs> and I say first edition because my personal opinion is starting with Champions Four. The blue book by Iron Crown Enterprises, it got too mathy, way too mathy. It was always pretty mathy, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it was it was doable, you know. And you know, when you start getting to the point to where it's really easier just to use software to make your character, <laughs> it, it's getting a bit too mathy, in my opinion. I mean, I just love that word mathy. <laughs> it's is, all mathy. Is there? Anybody here who didn't stay up all night, night after night, trying to figure out how to squeeze an X-Men into under 200 spend points? Actually, there was a convention I went to in Atlanta. I think it was uh, SegaCon. And that was before the console. It was Southeast Gamers Association, SegaCon. And the Champions um, tournament they had there, they had made up the X-Men as printouts and we could keep them going home, you know, to take it going home. And somewhere I have my printout of Nightcrawler in champion stats. But like 500 points, right? No, actually they were, I think, 250. Well, you know, my my favorite comic was the Fantastic Four and there are none of the Fantastic Four you can really do under 200 points. Wasn't there this game that you ran back when you were living in Tucson and some guy came and was part of your group for a while, and he had what was very obviously supposed to be the Venom version of Spider-Man, only Except he called was, him something else. Yeah, it was it was pre-Venom, actually. But yeah, he, I, I don't remember what he called himself, but it was basically, um, 
basically he's just like Spider-Man, but he kills. But he kills people. <laughs> yeah. You've missed just the ex- whole point of the game, Captain Obvious. <laughs> just exactly like him, but... But kills. Arachno, I think it was. Anyway. So, yeah, I'd like to talk about early, early champions before it got super crunchy. When you could have a 64-page rule book and play champions. There is an elegance to writing rules that way, and they used to do that back then. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the price point. It's a lot. You get more profit selling a 300-page rule book than you do selling a 64-page rule book. That's just printing. So, okay. Anything left, Jim? Oh, I more obscure and arcane. Uh, Boot Hill, we could do an episode on that. Uh, I would adore doing an episode on bunnies and burrows just because. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Dr. Suster is the king of the universe. That's why. You can't deny seeing, that. seeing the ads of, for that game in Dragon and early Dragon, and I was thinking, wow, that looks insane. I'd kind of like to play that. <laughs> I mean, the proof is in the pudding. There are no players of any age in my home campaign that had ever played bunnies and burrows and i you know as you know in the post-apocalyptic campaign rigged it so that their brains were sent back in time on a mission and they appeared in little bunny bodies and that was the most fun session ever them just running around trying to figure out how to get around the force field fence in a in a domestic front yard with their little bunnies and they're building (laughs) dirt ramps and tunneling and trying to figure out a pendulum catapult it was awesome it sounds like that Adventure of the Gagmen podcast did Hassan Pfeffer and Jackboots. Oh, and everyone when, was, was bunnies? Yeah, you, you come out of the fantasy world and into Nazi Germany at, at a Stalag prisoner <laughs> war camp. But you're, yeah, all of you are now turned into bunnies. <laughs> Should have taken and, a left turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> Albuquerque, yeah. Not often something you see mixed. Bunnies and Nazis. Anything in Nazis is a good RPG scenario. Well, yeah, because they're like orcs, you know. They're even better than orcs, you know. There's no – you're killing a Nazi. There's not a lot of guilt there. Nazis are bad people, so there's no angst or self-reflection there, or there shouldn't be. Again, that's just my opinion and not necessarily the opinion of Saper Half. So, Liz, anything else you want to throw in there? Oh, hmm. Well, I guess just for icing on the cake and I'm sure there are tons of podcasts that have covered – this game before in to the nth degree and there's probably no need for us to talk about it ourselves but it would be fun i think to also maybe cover savage worlds at some point hmm there's an idea there's a yeah that's a point the Diamigos haven't covered it <laughs> yeah oh i could certainly get behind that and i'm trying to think of some other rpgs and nothing's coming to mind at the moment for on my end so, oh well, Liz, of course, will want to cover Rocky and Bullwinkle, the role-playing game. Oh, naturally. Naturally. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll podcast wearing little finger puppets, <laughs> the hand puppets. See, I was all happy because I thought I invented a simple randomization game mechanic today that I was telling you about off-air. But that game really innovated. An RPG with <laughs> hand puppets. <laughs> hand puppets, yeah. No minis, hand puppets. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess then, since we've more or less made it clear what this show's going to be about, is there any last words we'd like to say before putting the finishing touches on Save for Half number one? I have a question. 
Mm. Um, will this safer half uh, business ever involve having guests on that perhaps authored some of these games as we talked about? Possibly. We'll just have to play it by ear and see. Some of the older RPGs, it might be hard to find the authors, but you know, it, it's possible. Yeah, um, for all I know, if Howard Thomas of Metagaming may still be alive. I Although I think technically uh, Fantasy Trip and Melee Wizard were written by Steve Jackson when he was working for Metagaming. But anyway. Oh, I, that would be well, a coup. Get Steve Jackson on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. We could, we, maybe we can do that. Um, he's going to be a game Gamehole Con. Maybe you could ask him about it, Jim. <laughs> yeah, corner him. <laughs> corner him. I love how you just turned my own brilliant idea back around on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's called management skill. <laughs> well done, sir. Well, Liz, anything last you'd like to say? No. <laughs> I got well, nothing. Okay. Well, let me just add that since this is a sub-show from on the uh, Save or Die feed, that if you have any emails you'd like to say, send in to address Save for Half, send it to saverdiepodcast at gmail.com. Just be sure to put Save for Half in the subject line so we don't get it mixed up. I mean, obviously, if you're talking about, you know, uh, Striker or, or Game Designer Workshop snapshot box set, you're obviously not talking about save or die, but there may be some confusion there. So please just help help the email monkey out and put save for half in the subject line. I will be forever in your debt. Yep. We, we should make that into a game. Forever in your debt? No, no. Help the email I, monkey out. No, no. For I mean, because we get our fair share of you know critical podcasts correcting us when we get our facts wrong, and we're glad to get those. So first critical email of Safer Half wins like a free PDF of uh, the Clockwork Crimes or something. Okay, sure. That there you heard it here first, which is kind of good because this is the place only place you'll hear it from. But <laughs> look at us. But, yeah. We we can first, brain, we can brainstorm too on air. Yep. <laughs> yeah, or do excellent recoveries. But anyway. All right, well, uh, we don't have a dirt road because this isn't Save or Die. But uh, if anyone has any suggestions on what we should do at the end of the show, write us in. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. <laughs> Everybody who so, complains our episodes are too long, you're welcome. Here's a short one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is just for you. Just for you. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you whenever Save or Have number one comes out. Thanks again. Bye-bye. See ya. And we're out. I should probably turn. Get off my, my battle mat. Ah. I mean, I, I created a list that starts with the extremely predictable, if you know me, and ends with bunnies and burrows. So I went from predictable to as arcane as possible. So this is Pathfinder, right? <laughs> I said arcane, not ridiculous. <laughs> ah, okay.